This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Julia Jacobs. It's the last Monday of April, so it's time for another roundup of environmental news with the good folks from environmental journalism portal Makaranga. Wong Siu Lin and Lau Yahua are with me today, and today we're going to look at some uh, three stories. Firstly, how Klang residents are considering suing the government over flood mismanagement, and then we're going to look at the feasibility of forest plantations, which was questioned in the recent Pahang State uh, Legislative Assembly. I think Makaranga's report has something to do with that. We're going to get into that a bit more. And we look forward to International Day of Biodiversity, which is happening on the 22nd of May. Welcome, both of you. How are you today? Fine, thanks. Good, good. Busy, but good. Good. Well, it was just Earth uh, Day on Friday. So yeah, we just came off, you know, huge celebrations mm. and talks. Um, but also at the beginning of April, um, I think it was uh, the, the MP for Klang, uh, Charles Santiago, who said that uh, Klang residents are actually exploring the possibility of suing the government because they said that the failure of the government to respond in a timely fashion, right? To the, and we know those really devastating floods that hit them in uh, last December. Tell me what's happening there. It's really refreshing to have a, a sort of a climate change webinar or seminar being organized by an elected uh, representative. You know, usually they will come in as a guest of honor, do some ribbon cutting, um, you know, read out a prepared speech, that sort of thing. And so, so his office actually organized this and for good reason, because, you know, Klang was so badly hit by the December flood, as you mentioned. Uh, and in fact, it wasn't even the first bad flood, it was the worst, but they had had, for example, five floods in the previous six months. Mm. So, you know, it, enough is enough kind of thing. So, so it, was, it was really, really refreshing. And basically the objective was to look at issues and challenges of uh, floods, how to mitigate, uh, you know, floods against future occurrences. So uh, one of the outcomes of this was that should there be a class action case brought against the government, right, for... Um, as you said, dereliction of duty sort of thing, you know. So this, this is not the first time that there have been threats to do this class action suits uh, brought against the government. So the last time when there were massive water cuts in the Klang Valley, mm-hmm. another MP also threatened to do the same thing and then nothing came out of it, you know. But this time, I don't know, let's, let's, let's keep an eye out on this. I think that'll be interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what happened during this uh, seminar was, was the bringing together of victims. So we actually heard the voices of people who were badly affected by the floods. There were engineers and they were like climate change experts, including uh, Dr. Joy Pereira, who is actually uh, one of the people contributing to the, the very, very important IPCC reports. Yeah, um, yeah as, as, you, as you know. So uh, basically, some of the other stuff that came up were, were well, included fundamental shifts the need for fundamental shifts in policy and legislation on flood management. So right now it's a national security issue and it's only invoked during an emergency, right? Mm. So what they're saying is basically there needs to be a force, a defense relief force comprising police, armed forces, you know, who are always on standby. They need training and they're always on standby. Every time there's, there's, there's a flood uh, happening, then they will show up. You know, already the protocols and everything should be in place, right? Yeah. Um, and the other thing that made the news as an outcome of this seminar, is that uh, apparently the MP had made multiple requests for funds to clean drains, right? Uh He actually asked for about $6 from JKR. Uh Um, And it was reported that the Minister of Works, Fadila Yusuf, basically told him, why don't you try Gotong Royal? Now, 
rubbish is a big issue in terms of floods, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and there is a need actually for public and business awareness uh, about just doing something about rubbish, you know? Municipal is not maintaining enough. Uh, in fact, there needs to be an overhaul. There needs to be a new uh, drainage and irrigation system. Okay. All right. Uh, Yahua, did you want to add anything? Yeah, the, the, the floods, right? When, when, when the floods happen you know, again and again, and then given the impact and the magnitude of the floods, I, I perhaps naively, I thought at the time that, oh, this would be a, a conversation that could be sustained, you know, and then it could really lead to, to differences and stuff. And so, uh, but then I think after, you know, a few weeks after you know, the cleanup and everything, it seemed to have died down a bit. So I was very glad, you know, happy to see that there was this seminar organized. Um, but, you know, just coming from the, um, from like a me- media standpoint, right? Um, I, I kind of feel like we, we, we sort of like lost a, I'm not sure, maybe there's still people out there trying to do it, like to do a very comprehensive, like a, a mini site just for this whole scenario, right? Of, of the floods that are happening in Klang and in Shah Alam and, you know, putting all the threats together, um, I- including a seminar like this, you know, so that people are able to always refer back to it and to use it like a, you know, a, a case study is sort of that, that stays there uh, on the internet, everyone can access. Um, so then when, you know, well, I'm not going to say when it happens again, but when <laughs> similar thing, you know, happen may, maybe elsewhere, then there's always something to re- refer back to and stuff like to, I don't know, like it's... So it's, like a re- repository of information, so something that people can go back to and access? Is that what you're Yeah, saying? because a lot of things are very scattered now, you know, like, sure. you know, they're like scattered all over. We're not pulling the, like, you know, in, in this in this seminar, right, uh, Sylvia was saying that there, there were victims there, there were engineers there, of course, there were uh, politicians there, you know, climate change mm. experts. So, it, it, yeah, all, all these different sectors need to be pulled together. Um, but I, I don't think I, I've seen that happen. Uh, okay. uh, yeah. Something that maybe you and you and us we we should be looking at. I don't know. I yeah, don't yeah. Know. I, I don't yes, know. Yeah. Let's not commit right, to right. things that we <laughs> we can't deliver on. But it's a great idea. I agree with you. But um, let's let's just move on to uh now to Pahang. Uh, also you know a place that has been facing some unprecedented floods. Um, but this one has something to do with your investigations. I believe there was a bit of an outcry. You guys actually found in your reporting for Makaranga that only five percent of the over seventy seven thousand hectares of forest reserves cleared in Pahang for plantations from twenty twelve to twenty twenty were replanted. But this uh this is not what the official had to say right they they deferred in in the statistics maybe you want to tell us what's happening there yeah so the the i guess the central question uh that is being asked here is uh what is the state of uh forest plantation projects in pahang mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so so yeah so our reporting uh forest plantations have become a bit of a recent favorite here at makaranga uh so our reporting uh found that you know uh in the last uh, since since 2000 since between 2012 to 2020 only about five percent of uh the the area cleared for forest plantations in reserves have been replanted that five percent you know translates into about four thousand hectares okay so um you know four thousand hectares of out of 77 thousand that had been uh, licensed to be cleared is, is actually a very small amount so that you know of course leads to some question questions that were raised by uh the samambu adun uh mr lee chen chung uh you know and and in a recent monger bay article that was published i think um 
I think of two weeks ago, I think on like 15th April. Yeah, yeah 15th April. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Monger Bay article cited uh, uh, Li Chenchong as saying that the, the forest plantation projects in Pahang is like a dubious, uh, a dubious scheme, a cover up, quote, uh, he said, quote, uh, quote, unquote, cover up for clear cutting of forest reserves, right? Yes. Uh, basically playing on that 5% that we reported. So and then in response, uh, a few days later, Malaysia Kini uh, you know, wrote a report that cited uh, a Pahang government statement that, well, they didn't, the Pahang government didn't exactly, uh, in the Malaysia Kini article, the Pahang government didn't exactly refute the 5% uh, replantation, mm-hmm. but rather they say that uh, the Pahang government has to date replanted 28,000 hectares uh, of forest plantation sites. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, 28,000 hectares compared to what Makranga is reporting as you know, 4,000. Of course, it's a huge difference, right? Yeah. Um, so then I guess the, the question that is being asked that, 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 that arises is, okay, so what's the state of forest plantation projects? Now, how much has actually been replanted? Um, yeah, I, I think uh, based on my knowledge of the statistics is that uh, and I say I based on the merge of my statistics because we, you know, uh, in, in last week we asked, uh, we posed the questions to uh, the Pahang State uh, Government, the EXCO, and uh, the Pahang Chief Minister, and also to the Pahang Forestry Department, but none of them, you know, gave us an answer or got back to us. So based on what I know, is that yes, it could be that currently Pahang has replanted 28,000 hectares of forest plantations, uh, but that is to date. So the forest plantation has been going on for decades in Pahang. And by 2011, they already had about 19,000 hectares replanted. So 19,000 in 2011 to 28,000 now is only an increase about 9,000 hectares. So, you know, 9,000 hectares replanted since 2011 is not much different uh, to our reported 4,000, you know, in the same period. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it's, still, it's still up in the air, really, uh, all these figures, you know. We are maybe looking at it from different angles, but uh, I'm really hoping that the, I guess, the state authorities and the forestry department would, would um, I guess, would give us a better answer. Yeah, then we would know for sure. Yeah. Okay. So so far as it stands, uh, you have uh, asked, but uh, you've received no response. As yeah, yeah, now. and and of course, of course, the data that Makaranga get all comes from uh, most of it, like comes from official statistics. That's right. So yeah. Okay. All right, so we'll have to uh, see that. But it's good that, um, you know, I'm, I'm glad that uh, there's a lot more interest in, in the things that you reported and all that you revealed from those forest plantation reports. It was a very, very good uh, series. So just head to Makaranga if you'd like to read that in full. And uh, or we can listen to the podcast that Yahua did with me where he summarized it for us very nicely. Uh, there's that too. Uh, just, just moving on to uh, International Day of Biodiversity. So that's happening on the 22nd of May. Um, do you have any any idea of some things that are planned in conjunction with this? Yeah, so basically, you know, this. I, I think April and May are full of these international days related to the environment, you know, forest, water, biodiversity. So, so we thought maybe we'll, uh, this year we'll highlight the International Day of Bio- Biodiversity. Um, and that's basically, uh, you know, they have one of these really general 
sort of um, uh, themes, you know. Yeah, exactly, you know. Building a shared future for all life. Hey, let's all do it, you know. Uh, so basically, um, it's basically to laud what they hope will be a new global biodiversity framework. And I know, uh, Juliet, you've been having a, a lot of uh, sort of podcasts, a lot of sessions with um, different experts to talk about, you know, uh, what's going to come up for the, the next UN Biodiversity Conference, uh, which is COP15. Mm-hmm. Uh, hopefully happening sometime this year. Hopefully, in yes. In China, hopefully, yes. Yeah. So basically for this International Day of Biodiversity, one of the things they've said is like, let's all take action. So we're not sure with the negotiations and all that, it's all so technical and so administrative. So I, I, I thought, you know, let's let's look at 22 actions that they have said as part of this world, you know, this International Day that we could take, everybody could take, you know, for biodiversity. And they, these are supposed to be aligned with the post-2020 global biodiversity framework, blah, 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 all, the, all, all of that. So I looked at these 22 actions that they have suggested that we could take. And of course, there's the usual suspects. Let's plant native plants. Let's help animal rehabilitation centers. Let's not use single-use items, not just plastic, but any kind of single-use, that sort of thing. And then I, 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 I saw some really unusual points that they've asked us to take, you know. Uh, so one of it is that, so we've heard about, let's use bio-friendly certification schemes, right? Okay. But if there isn't a scheme like that, in your area, why don't you start one? And I thought, that's interesting. Okay, do something small locally in your school and your community and stuff like that. That's quite a nice action to take. Um, then the other, another point that, that caught my interest was like, uh, let's prevent spread of zoonotic diseases. And of course, we know zoonosis is, is all the rage right now. So everybody knows what, or they should know what a zoonotic disease is. Um, so basically simple actions like wash your hands after touching animals. That's, that's interesting, I thought, you know, yeah, yeah. make sure that you keep water sources clean. So, the, the, you know, the relationship between diseases and, and clean water, you know, is maybe something that people don't really think about, you know, they, they, they think about that. So they think about unfairly, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I have to stress that, um, you know, stuff like that, but, but keep water sources clean, you know, uh, in order to prevent zoonosis. Um, which is interesting. And then this one, I thought, and I, I'd be very interested to hear what the two of you have to say about this. And, and, and one of these points is like, help someone stop smoking. So how is that going to help? Yeah. <laughs> so basically what they're saying is, is it's to encourage a healthy lifestyle. So help biodiversity by helping someone stop smoking. That's so interesting. <laughs> so, yes, they've thrown a, a few different things out there. But anyway, certainly one of the things that I think Malaysians can do is there's so many people working with animals, scientists, activists, and all the rest of it, you know. So um, do, do check out all the different sort of actions and, uh, you know, the sort of programs that are going on, volunteer. Um, and one of the things I wanted to do was to give a shout out to Marisat. Uh, so they, they are a team up, uh, based up north and uh, they've been studying marine animals, something that people don't really even know exist in our waters. And I know, Juliet, you've had them on your show several times already. Um, that's a delightful range of marine animals that they've been showcasing recently. Mm-hmm. So go to their t- uh, Twitter, Twitter handle and uh, look at that. You know, like, for example, they spotted 200 spinner dolphins recently which is like 200 spinner dolphins. That's completely amazing, you know. Um, they've also spotted Indo-Pacific humpback dolphins, Irrawaddy dolphins, all recently. So go to their, go to their Twitter feed or their Facebook page and just, just enjoy, uh, marvel at it, support them. Uh, it's just a huge shout out for them. All right. I, I'm going to add, um, you know, yeah, you know, 
going and, and watching dolphins, of course, is, is awesome. Uh, but, you know, for biodiversity, even in our own homes, I think in our, if you have a garden, you know, um, just sit in your garden, you know, sunrise, sunset. Um, hope, uh, I, I believe you'll be able to see quite a few different animals, right? Not just insects, but, but birds too. Mm-hmm. Or go to your nearby Padang. Uh, there is quite a bit of biodiversity, small ones, big ones, uh, you know, bats at night, in the evening, dusk. Um, yeah, we can all do that. Yeah, even if you're in the city. Yeah, I think you know. There's also things like uh, my gut, my garden bird watch. I mean, I don't think that's happening now, but uh, you can do that any time of the year. Just sit and count how many different birds you find in your backyard, right? I mean, it can be as simple as that. My kids love looking for ladybirds and and bugs, and it's the most exciting thing when they see a frog. So yeah, I mean. All sorts of things can be done, I guess, just to uh, nurture that love of biodiversity. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Wong Siu Lin and Lau Yahua, co-founders of Makaranga. Just head to makaranga.org if you'd like to read all their wonderful, well-researched and thorough articles. And if you miss any part of today's interview, you can always search for the podcast at bfm.my slash earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.